0: Final four time in the NHL, Rory, so that obviously means a lot of attention being paid to the big league. But it's also Memorial Cup time. I really, really enjoy this tournament, and we got to give this event its due here. Is there any better way to do that than talking to Sam Cosentino?
1: No. You know, I wanted to do a Mem Cup preview show. There's only one guy you call in a situation like that. We got him. Yeah. It's like Sam needs uh, something like a bat signal
0: that you put up in the, <laughs> in the clouds when it's Memorial Cups. I need to know about lottery, a, I need to know a fourth round draft pick <laughs> possibility. Yep. man. His depth of knowledge is fantastic. We are going to bring Sam on to talk about a tournament that involves Prince Albert. Rune no- easy for me to say. Rune Noranda. The Huskies. How about we just go with the Huskies? The Halifax Mooseheads. And the Guelph Storm, man! If you haven't been paying attention Oof. to the Guelph Storm, they have been writing quite a story going through the OHL playoffs. We're down 0-3 in the second round of the London Knights, one four in a row. Down 3-1 to the Saginaw Spirit, uh, one three in a row there. I guess they won one four in a row against the Knights, three in a row against Saginaw. Get in against the Ottawa 67s, a powerhouse team in the final. Lost the first two games. That was Ottawa's 13th and 14th consecutive playoff victories and lo and behold the storm again win four in a row and dispatch ottawa in six so man have they ever got it going on heading in to this tournament and some real interesting prospects to watch in terms of 2019 draft eligibility and also some guys already selected by canadian teams So i think it's fair to say have been real risers so enough of that from us Let's take a quick break and we will bring in Sam Cosentino here on the Tape to Tape podcast to break down the Memorial Cup. The Tape to Tape podcast is brought to you by the next-generation GMC Sierra Denali, complete with the world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. Net sliding around on the way to pond hockey? Use the built-in load stop to help keep them in place. Loading what seems like half a team's worth of bags, the tailgate also turns into a step for easier access and has an inner gate that flips down for unloading all the gear you can fit. GMC Sierra Denali, we are professional grade.
2: 60 teams, coast to coast. Each carrying the same championship dreams of their community. A journey unlike any other. All for a shot at the CHL's holy grail. Six years ago, Halifax etched their name in Memorial Cup lore. Now, the hosts will seek to recapture glory on home ice. The Mooseheads are junior hockey's best. The Memorial Cup presented by Kia on Sportsnet.
0: Pleased to be joined now on the line by Sportsnet's prospect guru, Sam Cosentino. Sam, Memorial Cup, draft, combine, draft lottery. All on the near and slightly longer term horizon. This is your time of year, man.
2: Oh yeah, it's a busy time of year, no doubt about that. But uh you gotta love it. And it is a labor I love, no doubt. Uh doing a whole bunch of things between watching games live online, watching video of players, uh, that I don't get to see live as much as you can, making phone calls, emails, text messages, talking to scouts. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it. I'm not just preparation for the draft obviously, but for the Memorial Cup, which is such a such a huge event for us too, which kind of you know combines a little bit of both. Maybe not as much this year, but we're still looking at probably you know eight to ten kids that we'll see between this year and next year for the NHL draft, uh, and likely a couple of first rounders in uh, in uh, Raphael Lavoie, Halifax, and Brett Leeson of uh, the Prince Albert
0: Raiders. Oh, you couldn't have teed me up better. That's exactly where I was going to start. Two guys eligible for the 2019 draft. Just fill us in a bit. I know Lavoie's been kind of up and down in your rankings all year and Leeson, really unique case, if I'm not mistaken, passed over in the previous two NHL drafts. He's a 99 birth date uh, and not a late one. So uh, let us know what's been going on with Lavoie and, and why Leeson is now all of a sudden really on radars.
2: Yeah, so we'll start first with the why you're talking about a guy six three, six four, two hundred pounds. Uh, you know, he skates well. He handles the puck and protects it really well, and he and he shoots at a time. Um, you know, but his despite having back to back thirty plus goal seasons, he showed some inconsistencies in this game, and he shows some indifference at time, and it's really uh, you know given some scouts pause on on what to you know, how to properly assess his player. You know, having said that, in the playoffs, he's been outstanding. He's been, uh, you know, 20 goals to lead all CHL players in just 23 playoff games. So that in itself is really impressive. He's playing with, with more bite, more passion, more energy. Um, the, the type of guy that I think is really, you know, starting to turn the corner in terms of finding those things in his game and what's scouts want to see. But there's a lot to like about Rafael Alvarez. Now He's a late 01 birthday. So it gives him a bit of a leg up on the competition where he's essentially You know, 11 months older than than the rest of the field he's up against. Now, to move over to Brett Leeson, he's been a fascinating story because it kind of starts going back to last year. It was uh, third round pick of the Tri City Americans. They were a really deep team, so he wasn't able to find opportunity there. And when he did, he didn't have the confidence to be able to perform at the level he was capable of. And 12 games into the season with just one goal under his belt, he gets traded, ends up going to the pretty Albert Raiders, where all of a sudden he's he's given that opportunity that he's never had in Tri-City, and he ends up with 32 points in 54 games down the stretch for the the Raiders. Um, And then I think at that point, he realizes, hey, maybe I can can do something here. So he goes into the summer. He does a little bit more work than than he would usually in preparing for the season. Most of that had to do with his skating. He comes into this year and starts the season on a 30-game point streak it ends unfortunately for him on December ninth when Truth Salver was shut out one nothing against their rival Saskatoon. And that just so happened to be the night before he was invited to World Junior camp, so no doubt he had a lot on his mind. Um, but the first half of the season over that thirty game stretch they hit sixty four points, was over two points per game. Most so, so of the World Juniors, put some decent numbers there. He comes back, you know, he's banged up a little bit, there's some fatigue, there's a the letdown of what happened to the world juniors and Performs basically at a point per game pace in the second half, and back in the playoffs now, a guy who's again starting to turn it up a notch. So uh, I think finished second uh, in scoring with 24 points in the playoffs.
1: And on your top 10 NHL prospects to to watch at the Memorial Cup, too, you've included a, a 2020 draft eligible guy uh, in Justin Barron of the Halifax Mooseheads. Um, He's a pretty sizable defenseman at 6'2", 187, but he is young. He's still a year out from his draft eligibility. So what can we expect to see from him at this tournament? And and right now, where is he kind of projecting to go in the 2020 draft?
2: Well, the 2020 draft, at least at the high end, looks really deep to me. And I think of other Holtz and Raymond from Sweden, Lindell from Finland, uh, Perfetti, Byfield, Cooley, you know, in the Ontario Hockey League, Marco Rossi, so we're already talking about uh, Alexi Lafreniere being that top guy, I think that, that might change as, as time goes along, so you're looking at what's likely to be a really deep high end of the 2020 draft, but I think a lot of people have slept on Justin Barron. I would squarely put him amongst the, amongst that group, and the size, that, that plays well, but he reminds me a lot of Sean Day, he's kind of a uh, thicker, heavy kid who seems to skate uh you know, with really good glide. Uh there's an ease to his skating. Um, you know, he handles the puck well. He skates with his head up. Uh and he has a really unique ability, having been only in the position for four years, to be able to time his body checks perfectly. Um which is a tough skill, especially in today's game with how speed you know, how speedy and how agile everybody is. Uh but Justin Barron is a guy, uh again, you know, he's going to get top four minutes. He's going to see some time in the power play. He The skating really is the hallmark of his game. and uh, I'll be really fascinated to watch him move into a top two role with Halifax next year.
1: Okay, so we'll turn our focus to guys who have been drafted a little bit more further along, and maybe we'll do bigger things at this tournament. And I want to start with... Uh, Edmonton Oilers prospect, Dmitry Samarukov, uh, you know, obviously Edmonton needs to find some guys that they didn't just pick up with their first pick in the draft. You need to find some value elsewhere. It really looking like Samarukov could leapfrog some guys who are maybe a little bit older than him in that system. And he's had a great playoff, 28 points in 24 games. Uh, with the Wealth Storm and their unbelievable run through here. But um, what what have you seen in Samarukov in these playoffs? And could you see him leaving an impression on Edmonton in training camp next fall?
2: Well, you know, if you had to use one generality, he, he plays a pro-style game. So that's the first thing that jumps out at me is the fact that he passes the puck with uh, accuracy, with, um, you know, with heaviness. And so if he's getting into the puck, you better be ready for it. You better have your, you know, your stick ready or else it's going to flutter off off of your stick. Um, And he defends like a pro with a good stick, good body positioning, uh, the ability to throw his weight around because he is a bigger bigger kid. Um, And he's got good personality, good character to his game. He's got a bomb of a shot. So there's a lot of things that he can do well at both ends of the ice. You know, there's been so much talk over the last five or six years about the Edmonton Oilers and how they've had so many struggles on defense. And I think with Ken Holland there, the patience will continue to, to to make its way into that system. But I think about Caleb uh, Jones and I think about Evan uh, Bouchard and, you know, and I think about Ethan Bear, and guys who've already stripped the NHL here a little bit. Uh, and then there's Sam Rukov who's just been sitting in the weeds. So I think he's a guy – you know, it's going to be a bit of a short summer for him because of him playing here in the World Wario Cup, but I do believe that he's a guy that's going to go into camp, and I'd be shocked if he didn't get NHL games next year, and, and depending on what kind of summer he has, I, I could very easily see him starting with the Emerson Oilers. That's how much I think about his game.
0: Habs fans have been rubbing their hands together quicker and harder over the course of the past couple months with each round that goes by that went by in the Ontario League playoffs based on the play of Nick Suzuki of course acquired in the trade last September from Vegas for Max Pacioretty he was the 13th overall pick tell us about Suzuki's well-rounded game and let us know a little about Joel Teasdale as well far more off the radar not drafted but signed by Montreal another guy Canadians fans are keeping an eye on
2: yeah, and Cole that plays for Fred Albert. He's the later round pick. Cam Ellis has been here for Guelph, but he too is a Montreal guy. And a lot of those guys are really similar in, in size and stature, you know, between 5'10 and 6 foot in that 185 pound range. So there is a lot for, um, you know, for fans to be excited about. And I'll start first with Teasdale because he's a guy I've essentially watched grow up in the league going back to his 16 year old year with the line of the La and Armada. And I think. His former coach there is now in Laval, and Jamal Bouchard is largely responsible for getting him signed. But he's a guy who he's not going to dazzle you with offensive production at the next level, but he's going to be supremely reliable. He can get a PK minutes. He's smart. He takes the game off. The boots are a little bit heavy, but I do think that's an area that still requires some improvement for. It. But at, at this level, he can, he can produce because he's tenacious. He's strong. He's passionate in this game. And, and I like what he brings to the table. If I'm projecting him at the next level, he's more likely a third or fourth line guy. But if you're getting that guy for free, you know, you've got you to be really excited about it. So the next guy is Suzuki. You know, same sort of thing. And watch him grow up playing 10 on the rushing games, win our top prospect game. You know, watch him have some successful runs at the Owen Town Attack. And the one thing that enabled him to have success right away with Guelph was the fact that he grew up playing uh, with Isaac Radcliffe in the London minor hockey system. And so there was instant chemistry as soon as he showed up in Guelph. And he started to light it up once he got there. 42 top points, the Wayne Gretzky Trophy winner is the MVP of the OHL playoffs. But he does a lot of things well. And I think the best thing about his offensive game is the fact that you can't really key in on one particular part of his game because he shoots the puck as well as he passes it. And he becomes that, that dual threat guy for us. So Suzuki is someone who's going to be really fascinating to watch in terms of what position Montreal is going to play him at because they do see... Uh, the possibility of him playing center, but I also think he's a smart enough player that if he can't play center right away, that he'll be able to adjust and, and be able to maybe start out on the wing. But I'll be fascinated to see how Montreal handles that situation.
1: Uh, and now to the to the Leafs, two players who have a connection to them. Uh, one being Ian Scott. I, I believe this was the first year in his WHL career he had a save percentage over 900, and he was well over 900. And you know he credits spending the time he did with the AHL Toronto Marlies in their Calder Cup run last year as is, is really helping his game playoff MVP for the Prince Albert Raiders in, in their uh, WHL Championship run. And then also a guy who is no longer a part of the Maple Leafs, Sean Dersey traded uh, in the Jake Muzzin trade. Just, just tell us what you see in Scott, how big of a prospect, how legitimate of an NHL prospect he is, but also in Dersey, what did the Maple Leafs give up in that guy?
2: Well, I think with Jersey, uh, a right-shot guy is a good skater who's battled health issues. I think mean, if had his best, he was probably uh, somewhat uh, undervalued as a as a second-round pick. I, I feel really strongly about Jersey's game. For me, it's just a matter of remaining consistently, like, consistently healthy, and he's had, had trouble doing that the last couple of years. I think when healthy, though, it's very evident that he's the guy who can run a power play for you. He shoots the puck really hard. He has a real good knack for getting it through and keeping the puck low. And, uh, making it available to others in front of the net, uh, be it through tips, uh, you know, or rebounds. So I really like Jersey, and from what I understand, I mean, Timothy Lilligren was made available to the LA Kings. Apparently, they they, they coveted um, Jersey instead. Now, you know, there's a great connection there with Mike Fuda, the formal, former former uh, Sound general manager, who's hired some scouts that have worked at Owen Sound, so they would have had great knowledge of Jersey. And they might have felt more comfortable with him. But from what I understand, they passed up on Lilligrand in order to get there. Um, now we move to Ian Scott. And, you know, a lot like you guys, when he played that our prospects game a couple of years ago, it was just more of an introverted guy. His numbers weren't that good. The Raiders weren't very good. He had 517 17-year-old defensemen in front of him. So they weren't protecting him maybe as well as some of the other goalies that would have been protected. But he's grown a lot. He's become a little bit more extroverted. He's become a, a more of a leader. He's become more calm in the goal. Uh, I think he reacts better to, to bad situations than before. Bad situations or, or bad goals might have caused him to get into a bit of a dip. So, you know, getting back to just to where Ian Scott is with this game right now, I can't help but think that the developmental curve has been set up immensely based on the last 12 months. And I think where you talking about the Calder Cup win and being a part of that, realizing that, um, you know, he is indeed a guy who can fit in at the pro level. And then you move forward from there. You know, he, he's on a Prince Albert team that's in the top five pretty much all year in the CHL, 22-game point streak, most to the World Juniors, you know, ends up winning the Scott when as the Trophy is that part of the team, the Prince Albert Raiders, that was the best team in the WHL in the regular season. He goes on. He's an MVP in the playoffs. He's the goaltender of the year in the league. So he's had a lot of really key experiences here in such a short amount of time. To help speed up that developmental curve. But you don't want to put too much on a guy, especially a goaltender who, in my opinion, they don't really uh, seem to shine or seem to be able to sustain that NHL uh, level of play until they get to be about 25 years old. But you have to be really happy with the developmental curve that he's been on over the last three years.
0: All right, we've talked about a lot of the pieces. Let's talk about these teams themselves. Um, ruined Miranda Huskies led by a guy I know you just love Noah Dobson, the Islanders draft pick. Uh, we mentioned Nick Suzuki, his Guelph Storm. I mean, they're certainly coming in with a team of destiny feeling the way they came back from 0 3 against the Knights and down 3 1 against Saginaw, down 0 2 to Ottawa, came through all of that. You've got the host Halifax Mooseheads, and as you mentioned, a team that's been strong out west all year. Prince Albert Raiders, handicap these teams for me, Sam. How do you see things shaken down?
2: So I think in terms of just pure talent uh, and then the depth of talent, I think Guelph is, is the leader of the pack there now. They finished fourth. They weren't in the CHL's top ten. It took some time to gel after they made so many deals and brought so many different players in. Uh, but I think a lot of people would agree with me saying that on paper they're probably the best team in the Ontario Hockey League, and in my opinion, the best team on paper in this tournament. No. Does that mean they're going to go out and win across the field? Not necessarily. You still, still have to play a good, solid team game. But I really do like what they bring to the table. They've got a lot of good pieces in the back end. Matthew Phillips, two the LA Kings prospect, Sam Rukov. We touched on him a little bit earlier, an Edmonton prospect. And then you look up front with Suzuki and Ratcliffe, Nate Schnarr has had a breakout year. Mackenzie Enfusel won a OHL championship with Hamilton last year. So there's a lot of depth there and a lot of high-end depth. Now I moved to the Rouen and the Huskies. I mean, here's a team that's predominantly homegrown. I think all the three of their players were drafted and developed by the Huskies themselves. Some of them have taken a little longer to get to, to where they are, but it's a patient group that doesn't mind moving its players around, knowing that the Genning experience is not necessarily in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. You know, the addition of Noah Dobson has been really big for him. Uh, I said it last year, I'll continue to say it, I think he's going to be the best defenseman to come out of the. The draft, uh, you know, last year's draft, I, I still feel that way. The game's just, just easy for them. 29 points, uh, league MVP of the playoffs. Um, but really, a lot of unheralded guys. Raphael harvey Pernard is their captain. He's the guy who went to camp with Vegas. Um, you know, Felix is the guy who scored some goals here in the playoffs. Teasdale was a real nice addition for them. Justin Bergeron, the guy's going to surprise some people in the draft here this year. So, again, they're a team of depth. They play a really good team game. And probably their best asset is the fact that a lot of these guys have grown up with one another, and I think pulling on the on the rope at the same time uh, is something that's key for their group. But they're uh, you know a relentless group that continues to come out here in waves. They work extremely hard, uh, and no doubt with their 59 win regular season, with the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League record, that they will be formidable in this event. Slipping over to the, to the um, Halifax Mooseheads, which is the home team here, uh, the host team. It's nice to see that they at least went to the finals. Went six games with the and around that. They have a coach in Eric Lindell who experienced a championship uh, with Schwenninger back in 2012, and they have a lot of depth too. I really like their center ice position with Keith Gatson as a huge veteran. Uh, bull Groove, the son of uh, Coach Benoit Groove in the American Hockey League, who has been around the game since he's a baby. I've literally watched him grow up since he was about four, four or five years old. Um, you know, coming to the rink with his dad. So, you know, they, Antoine Moran's got experience. Samuel Lassland, they both went those acting Pathers last year. So, they've got a really nice mix of, of depth and, and talent that I wouldn't, I don't, I don't want to disparage them by saying high end, probably not as high end as well, but they do have a lot of depth of talent as well in terms of NHL drafted players. The last group is the Prince Albert Raiders, and they're a fascinating group. with Mark Hapscheid, their head coach, uh, one of eight coaches in the WHL with 500 plus wins, a team that really likes to utilize its speed. Five 19 year old defenses, so they protect the house well. And when that fails, Ian Scott, the Toronto Maple Leafs prospect, is there to, to save the day. But up front, Brett Leeson, Alexi Protis, is a, a Belarusian young man who's really come on here in the playoffs. 22 points to lead all WHL rookies, and a guy I think is going to make some noise here uh, for scouts as we move forward. But Parker Kelly's an Ottawa free agent signing who I just love his compete level. Five two-point games out of the six in the final against Vancouver. So they, too, have a lot of depth. Not necessarily nhl drafted depth, but in terms of the junior game, they're able to bring a lot to the table. And, yeah, nice to have a coach sort of like Eric Lee, who's had experience here at this event before, you know, having been a champion back in Old 3
1: I challenge you to find another podcast that's going to give you as much information on the Memorial Cup as Sam just did absolutely.
0: <laughs> Love it, man. Love it, pal. Breaking it right, right down. Right on, well, you're going to be working like a madman. We know that for the next uh, week and change, but uh, you're also in a place in Halifax where it's not too hard to find some fun, so make sure you do a little of that, too, when you can, Sammy. Oh, never. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right.
0: Thanks so much, Sam. Take care. That was Sportsnet's I just keep calling him the prospect guru. I don't know that we've ever come up with a better title for Sam Cosentino, man. He goes deep on his knowledge of the teams, the players, and he will be going hard here for the next month and a half. Uh, This is Sammy's time of year. And I've got to say when you, if you're an Islanders fan and you hear the way he's talking about Noah Dobson, we both know how effusive he's been. I mean, he obviously thinks he's going to be better then guys like Quinn Hughes, Adam Boquist, who were drafted ahead of him. Very highly touted prospects. And Rory, I wish we had thought of this in the moment. Does he mean Darlene too? Maybe he meant outside the first overall pick, Rasmus Dalin in the 2018 draft. Regardless, yeah. if you're the Islanders and you also got Oliver Wallstrom last year, one pick ahead of Dobson uh, at 10. Uh, sorry, uh, Wallstrom won 11, Dobson went 12. My apologies. Bouchard, another defenseman, yep. who I know Sam likes as well, but... Uh, you heard what he said. He really thinks Dobson's going to be a player. And uh, given how much better the Islander season went this year, you've got to be pretty excited about what's around the corner.
1: Yeah, there were some questions around Dobson at points this season. Because remember last year, he wins the Memorial Cup with a caddy Bathurst and was a better than a point per game player. And that's why he was such a highly touted prospect. And then this year, as often happens in Major Junior, the Champions don't follow up with the season anything close to that. A lot of players graduate, and you got to kind of start fresh and rebuild again. So while Akaddy Bathurst was struggling, he plays twenty-eight games with them, gets just sixteen points, and is a whopping minus thirty for them. And that was kind of a discussion. Like, is it him or is it the factor that he's playing on a team that can't score and is and is awful? And then what happens is he gets traded to Rio Miranda as they're trying to bulk up for a run and boom, thirty-six points in twenty-eight regular season games, twenty-nine points in twenty postseason games playoff MVP for them so obviously it was more about where he was playing this year than anything else he's still I mean the guy can do everything he can skate he's such a smart play you saw him to star for Canada at the World Juniors this year too so yeah everything that went so well for the Islanders this year I mean you're bang on like this is
0: another piece to get really really excited about probably in the next year or two. Well, if you want to tune in to see Dobson and the rest of these very exciting hockey players play in what is always a very exciting hockey tournament, the Memorial Cup Sportsnet, of course, has wall-to-wall coverage. It kicks off Friday. Prince Albert Raiders facing the host Halifax Mooseheads 7 o'clock Eastern time. It should be a great tournament in a great city. All right, coming up on the final... Portion of tape to tape. We're going to talk about the NHL playoffs, specifically some Con Smythe candidates and the Buffalo Sabres hiring the most interesting man in hockey, Ralph Kruger, to head up their bench and try and get going in the right direction. All that coming up on tape to tape. Looking to stream over 500 NHL games blackout free? Sportsnet Now is the product for you. Available to anyone over the internet, Sportsnet Now gives you 24-7 access to Sportsnet's channels, including content not available on TV. You can stream on the go or at home on your big screen from the most popular devices, including smartphones and tablets, Apple TV, Xbox, PlayStation, and Chromecast. Sign up for as long as you want and cancel whenever you'd like.
1: You can also stream the NBA, MLB, Premier League, all your favorite Sportsnet original programming, and more. Visit snnow.ca for more details.
0: Welcome back. Tape to tape. We are inching closer toward the final. Boston's already got one blade in there, Rory, as we record this up 3-0 on Carolina. Time to talk about some potential Con Smythe winners as the playoff MVP, just by way of refresher. I think the unofficial rule has always kind of been you base it 50% on the whole playoffs and 50% on the final. So someone yeah. could certainly still get into the final, Absolutely. have a monster series and, and emerge as the winner. But... Right now, a couple names. I I feel like the first two names coming out of most people's mouth are Logan Couture and Tuka Rask. Uh, Couture does lead the league with 13 goals this spring. He's been, I mean, you keep seeing the graphics on the broadcast, you know, goals, playoff goals since 2010. He's basically only behind Alex Ovechkin, Mm -hmm. um, having a a really good series already in the Western Conference Final. And Rask going back to really the end of the Leafs series has just, I think, gone to a level we... Uh, Bergeron said it after they went up 3-0. He's like, I don't want to say this is the best because he's always been really good for us, but this is the best, you know? Yeah, he always is in the crosshairs
1: in that Boston market. You know, usually gets off to slow starts. I remember the storyline going into game six, maybe game seven of that Toronto series was, man, Tuka Rask is looking a little shaky here, and then he slams the door, and he's been great since... Like he, he seems to me like he's just a big moment goalie. Yeah, and he and, was
0: he was great in the game in Columbus to eliminate absolutely. Columbus in Game
1: Six. Yeah, um, he and he finds these stretches where he's just absolutely unbelievable. And you know, he, if he if they go into the Cup final and he puts together a, a strong showing there, it's going to be hard to give it to anybody but him. But Brad Marchand also is giving a a, a good little yep. playoff run here. He's sixteen points in sixteen games, which is Uh, Just three behind uh, Logan Guterr for the lead, but he's been a difference maker, not just on the score sheet, but obviously in the disruptions that he causes, you know, drawing penalties uh, and all that stuff. Um, So for the Bruins to me, it's those two guys right now. I'm really watching though. If St. Louis comes out of the Western conference, Jaden Schwartz, um, after a really disappointing struggle of a season for him, he got just 11 goals All regular season and so far he's got nine goals in the playoffs and it all started um, in game five against the Winnipeg Jets, which it looked like it was going overtime. And remember at that point it was 2-2 series really could go either way and a pass gets put to the slot out of mid air. Jaden Schwartz knocks it in with 15 seconds left in regulation. St. Louis wins the game and then in game six, he scores the first three goals of the game St. Louis doesn't look back. They move on from the Winnipeg Jets. Four more goals against the Dallas Stars in that series. Scored in game two against the San Jose Sharks. I mean, with the absence of uh, goals from Vladimir Tarasenko, who has only scored once at five on five in these playoffs, uh, you know, some of their stars, Braden Shen's been a little absent too. Having Schwartz come out of absolute nowhere following the regular season, he had to be, a, a driver of offense, a big goal creator, has been a, a huge plus for the St. Louis Blues, and and obviously his competition on his own team is going to be Jordan Bennington. Uh, you know, single handedly almost turned this, helped turn this season around for them. But, but I think just the value in having Schwartz do what he's doing to me gives him the leg up on on the goalie. It's so easy to give it to the goalies. I don't like doing that, so I'd rather give it to Schwartz. It
0: is funny though. I, I'd have to look at the numbers, but. The percent of times the regular season MVP goes to the goalies is extremely low and basically yep. didn't happen between the early sixties with Plant till the late nineties with Hassock and has happened yep. a couple times since then. And then when you get to the con Smythe, it's like, oh yeah, no, 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 the goalie's the most important. Like the yeah. percent of time the goalie wins the con Smythe trophy far exceeds their heart you because it's like, who are we kidding here? The yeah. goalie's the most important. You, you,
1: you need to have a hot goalie to win the Stanley Cup, right? I, so the numbers are always going to look good for the most part. Um, it, rare exceptions that your Stanley Cup winner has bad numbers. <laughs> so it, it's, it's just true. such an easy thing to do. I, I don't know. It, to, to me, it's Schwartz on that team.
0: So, Rory, one of the things I worry about sometimes when I uh, have the time to let my mind go free is, what would I be doing if I wasn't doing this job? Because this is a fantastic job and... Sometimes I get a little caught up in that. One guy who's at the other end of the spectrum in terms of uh, jobs he can do is Ralph Kruger. Yeah, Whatever he wants, <laughs> this guy can basically do. He's just been named head coach of the Buffalo Sabres, coming off a five-year run as chairman of the English Premier League Soccer Club, Southampton. Ah, dappling a little Premier League, dappling a little NHL. We've long kind of joked he's sort of... You know, the most interesting man in hockey did, of course, does, of course, have a long, long background coaching uh, in Europe. And Switzerland was an Oilers assistant for two years and then got the top job for the lockout-shortened season of 2012-13. Coached 48 games. The Oilers did not make the playoffs, and he was dismissed because basically they wanted to bring Dallas Eakins along. Now he gets another shot, and this... I mean, I understand there was... There was probably a pretty strong desire in Buffalo to get a serious name, a Joel Quenville, someone along those lines. But I don't know if we would deem this a consolation prize, but I think there has to be, for a guy who wouldn't have been maybe top of mind for a lot of fans, it still feels like you're getting a a very capable, well-rounded coach here.
1: Yeah, I'm a little surprised he's returning as a coach. I thought if he came back, he'd return as someone in the front office for some team and i thought that would have been a great hire he he seems to me as someone who really is going to surround himself with people who give him different opinions and he's going to listen to that stuff you know um but he does have a a good if very short track record as as an nhl head coach it's intriguing to see what he's going to do you know the the main issue in buffalo has been they've been changing coaches quite frequently um they they haven't been able to you know, maintain some culture of accountability.
0: And and I think to be fair, they, if they didn't go completely off the rails the last two months, it probably, they would have kept Housley if they just, even if they missed the playoffs and since th- November they e- were off the rails. After the the the, the 10 game winning streak, winning streak right? Yeah. Like if it didn't go so miserably, yeah. Like I think when we were having this conversation in February, it was like they still want to bring Housley back into March. Ah, they still want to bring Housley back, but it just kept getting worse and worse. Yeah. Um
1: and, and with Kruger, like the one season that he was the head guy in Edmonton, like you saw Taylor Hall take a, a big step forward. Yeah. He was better than a point per game player for the first time. Now Yakupov was too shy of his career high NHL career high for points, and that was a 48 game season yeah. he did that in. Like what what I read about Kruger is that he likes to instill confidence, empower his players, make them feel a part of this whole thing, and, and really challenge them in that way. And that seems like maybe that's kind of what Buffalo needs right now. Now it is extremely important that. Buffalo has made this higher. This can't just be a two-year thing. And if they don't make the playoffs, because it's still an extremely difficult division there in the Atlantic, you can't pull the plug on this in two years. Like This has to be made with the idea that, okay, he's here for the next five years or whatever. Yeah. And give him the leeway that he needs. Give it time to play you, out. You have to see, because there, there are still... You know, Rasmus Delling just got through his first year. Casey Middleset just got through his first year. Both of those guys have to grow some more. You know, the guy who I think could really benefit um, from having him there is is Kruger. There is uh, Alex Nylander, who struggled in the age. Like maybe he's the guy that that Kruger can get a little bit more from. Like there's still so much growth from a lot of key pieces in that roster that it it really is not a short term fix. It's going to be a long term thing. I love the hire. It's it's. Risky. It's bold, but it's made with um, I think good intentions in mind for sure. Like like, there's reason to believe that this can work out really, really well. <laughs> Look at the coaches. Look at the coaches in this Atlantic Division now with Babcock and Quenville and John Cooper. Like it's absolutely loaded. Claude Julian with with really highly regarded guys, and and Kruger too led that. Uh, Team, team Europe. Europe to, the weirdo team the, Europe. The, the weird team yeah. that everybody was ruling out because they didn't really have any. Yeah, no identity. Obvious. Yeah, yeah. And, and they go all the way to the final and lose to Canada. So, you know, I'm interested to see how this plays out. Really psyched about this hiring. Love it. And I don't think with what was left on the coaching pile that Buffalo could have done any better, really.
0: Well, next question for Buffalo will be what happens with Jeff Skinner? UFA to be, of course, potted 40 goals this year. We'll see if he makes it to market. Next time you hear from us, we'll be teeing up the Stanley Cup final. It is almost here, man.
1: Yeah, I can't believe it. (laughs) Getting right down
0: to the nitty-gritty. And then, as I noted with Sam, it'll be draft right after that Mm -hmm. and and free agency right around the corner. So, coming down to the end, but certainly an extremely exciting time of year in the hockey calendar. Of course, T2T will be all over it. Check us out on Sportsnet.ca. Subscribe on iTunes, follow Rory on Twitter, at Rory Boylan, myself, at Dixonon Sports. And check back soon for more glass-rattling hockey action on Tape to Tape.